So this will be a short episode. We're getting ready to get back on track. Next episode, I am working with Sam to get him to record himself making a wooden box, a cedar box. He raffles these. They're pretty cool. So it'll be something to see. So I think it'd be neat for him to go through the process, right? So that's definitely what we're working on now. Sam's out making his wooden boxes. I'm asking him to record his making of these wooden boxes. Um, we'll also be talking about in the future the uh, different apps that uh, we're going through right now that have different kind of beats, binarial waves, gamma frequencies, etc. There's so many apps out there right now, you know, that can uh, they claim to affect your creativity, your focus. Is this something that you can really do? Is this something that is correct, you know? Is it similar to maybe singing around a fire or maybe just meditating in your in a quiet place? The world can be so loud sometimes that we got to be able to just find a way to shut it out. Shut the door and say, be quiet, world. i got to do some work. I need to get this going. So that's what Sam's doing right now. He's doing work. So he's probably listening to some frequencies, saying some... Uh, Wherever Sam says, right? <laughs> Making those wooden boxes. Hopefully raffle soon. So definitely hit, us, hit Sam up if you want a wooden box, a cedar box. Or go or let us know if you want to be involved in any of the raffles the Sam that we're doing or the Sam's doing anyways. So we also got in this episode, The Rabbit and the Owl. Sam told a story. I'm just now adding it to an episode. I found it in the archives. So we'll be doing that. Like I said, this is a very short episode. We're about to get ready to start the ball rolling again. Hold up's been me. I've been in an eight-week course. About to finish my master's, so my free time's been writing papers. Yay! A lot of sarcasm there. So we'll start lining back up guests and stuff, so thank you for bearing with us. All right. Now on to the show with the rabbit and the owl. Josh, you and I were talking earlier about the uh, polar shifts and um, the uh, ice shelf melting up on the North Pole. And uh, I thought up, a, you know me, I, I've got these conspiracy theories. And all I'm saying is just prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Uh, but uh, I... Uh, I think that maybe it's uh, it's the long con. We've got a long con going here because uh, traditionally we aren't supposed to tell our winter stories unless uh, there's snow on the ground. And of course that that uh, that philosophy comes from the Great Lakes region, where it snows every year and there's always a plentiful snow. Sometimes there will be snow on the ground. Um, the entire winter from November until April. And uh, so they can tell those winter stories down here in Oklahoma. We're not, uh, we don't have the same guidelines now that it doesn't snow as often. Um, and so we usually just tell them during the winter season. But uh, I think maybe that what has gone on is, is uh, since the Nanabojo stories reached, um, through the Vikings long ago, and they took them back to uh, Europe, uh, 
probably about, I don't know, 900 AD, and Denmark has those stories. Um, but uh, ever since those stories went back, I think these people have been trying to, uh, you know, come over here and maybe drill all the drill all the nutrients out of the planet and uh, cut all the trees down and to create global warming because uh, because then we couldn't tell our Nanobojo stories and they just wanted to stop the Nanobojo stories. So I think this is all just a big conspiracy plot to uh, throw off Mother Nature's balance so it won't snow and we can't tell Nanobojo stories. Because Nanobojo stories are that powerful. And I'm gonna do thing. I'm gonna do things a little different today. I'm gonna tell some other stories that aren't really native. So this one right here is about the Russian nesting dolls or the Chinese nesting dolls, right? You know, they're the little, they're the little dolls that you always see. And so some say the creation of the Russian nesting doll began in Japan, but there's another tale. They're first created in the late 1800s by a Russian man named. Mermitov. The idea for the Russian dolls was based on a Russian nursery tale. And the tale went something like this. Once upon a time, a long time ago, there was a very little girl named Oksana who loved to run down the mountains, but she never went alone. Oksana always took one of her sisters with her, and there were wolves on the mountain. One day, all the women in her family were busy making brightly colored scarves to wear in the coming festival. Oksana's biggest sister had a lovely made a very small scarf. Just the right size for Oksana. There you go, my little sister, smiled Oksana's biggest sister, as she tied the new scarf under her chin. Oksana was very, very happy. She gave her biggest sister a hug of thanks and danced outside. She twirled and twirled and spun around. She spun all day. Then she fell down. But, you know, all day really is just a couple minutes. But it seemed like all day to the little girl, Oksana. Her mom said, stay close to the house. Yes, mother, said Oksana, and her scarf was still dancing in the breeze, and she kept twirling and dancing for what seemed forever and ever, and she kept moving farther and farther away from the house. Inside the house, her middle sister stood up and stretched. She goes, took a big, deep breath of Mount Air, and in the distance she saw this swizzling and twirling, her eyes narrowed. She goes, what could it be? Oh no! Shouting to her mother and grandmother and sisters, Oksana's middle sister flew down the mountains. Everyone ran behind her. The sisters ran behind her. The mother ran behind her. Her grandmother forgot all of her aches and pains. In fact, she needed that 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. She ran down there too. When they all reached little Oksana, they hugged her tightly. Oksana's eyes widened nervously when she realized how far away from the home she wandered. If not for the love of her family, she'd been all alone. And if the wolves would have noticed, well, let's not think about them wolves. Because if they would have noticed, they would have ate her. So Oksana, her sisters, and mother and grandmother all walked back up, happy together. Now oh, that's a cute story, right? I thought the wolves were going to eat her. So did you. That's the happy together story. It's not too bad. It's a little something different, right? 
And we will go over one more story. Like I said, I'm going to go away from Native American stories just for now. Just because... <clears throat> we're just going to change things up. I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. So this one right here is the story of Ramses II. You know, he's the pharaoh who made the name for himself. He was around 1279, 1213 before Christ. And each time a new pharaoh came to power, each neighboring civilization would send an army to test him, say, hey, can we attack the Egypt? And neighbors hoped that perhaps this time they could take a piece of Egypt for themselves. When Ramses II became pharaoh, the neighbors sent warriors to see what happened. But Ramsey II was, they say he was a brave man, a good husband, loving father, but he was the crappiest general there was. You know, and some people remember today because he's such a bad, bad general. I mean, that's what he's known for in a sense. But luckily he had some good help, a good counsel. Some reason Ramsey as a pharaoh had 111 sons, 111 sons, 51 daughters and many wives. Other recognize his name because he ordered the construction of the of Temple of Abu, it's the one that's 180 feet long, 90 feet high, and decorated with four 60-foot high statues of Ramsey II. But in ancient, ancient people, yeah, but in ancient Egypt, people knew his name because he had his name put on everything. He even has name put on statues that are not statues of himself. He did this to bolster his, the people's confidence in him. Today, his name is still found in Egypt on ancient buildings, but it's not the chisel that kept Egypt safe. Egypt was strong enough to survive the 16th rule, the ancient power, because the reputation of the other military leaders that was in the forces. So, I mean, if you ever heard the stories about Ramsey II, this and that, the story is, he was a crappy general, but he had a good army. I mean, so sometimes you don't have to be the strongest leader to have a name for yourself. You can put your name everywhere. You know, and sometimes these are the worst leaders, the ones that remind us how good they are all the time. And we'll tell the story of the warrior well, then we'll call it a day, okay? So we got to get ready for the next podcast, and i got to help Sam with those books, those boxes. Man, it's been a long day. Work on these on a 3,000-word paper, and it's just burning my mind out. Okay, so once upon a time, a long time ago, a woman was watering her sheep. Her husband had reminded her to cover the well tightly when she was done, because water was scarce. That's what my major is over is water, so what a fitting story to end on. When she was done, she forgot to close the well. Soon the well filled and water poured out and began to flood the grass sun at the bottom of the hill. The sheep bleated in fright. Just then a warrior came riding by. Can you help me? The woman cried. I cannot stop the water. The warrior shot arrow into the tallest mountain, splitting into one part found the well and stopped the water from pouring out. The woman turned to the warrior, eager to thank him, offered him some food, and something occurred to her. But how will I get water again? It's under a mountain. The warrior only bowed and smiled and went on his way. The woman realized that she had not offered food or greeting. She hung her head in shame. Now, if she offered food, right? He probably would help moving that mountain back up, but we like to eat, and she didn't offer them food. So, hey, thanks, everyone, for joining in. Like I said, next episode, I'm bugging Sam about putting together his uh, building a cedar box. So let him know that you want to hear how he actually does that. I'm sure it involves a lot of cigarettes and a lot of Coke, Coca-Cola, that is, and um, 
Probably some frequency beats. Maybe some rap. I don't know. It's Sam. So uh, until then, Bama P. Thanks once again. Um, if you want to be a sponsor of the show, just let us know. Just go to the website. You can uh, become a supporter of the month. I mean, basically, you just click a link and you say, hey, I want to give these guys 99 cents a month. Hey, I want to give these guys $1,000 a month. Whatever you want to do. Maybe it's a Big Mac. We like Big Macs. I, I really like the Big Mac sauce. So whatever you want to do to help the show get going. Uh, like I said, we're about to start rolling out some more faux show. So uh, thanks for coming by. <laughs>